Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from Pastor Jacob. I'm going to start with the guessing game. I'm going to be preaching on two Christmas characters, all right? So who do you think it might be? Not the angels. All right, well, let's just read Luke 2, verses 22 and 38. It's still part of the Christmas story, but it's just a little bit after the actual birth. And it says... When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, may you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, this his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phenel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped day, night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So I'm going to talk about Simeon and Anna today. And what we saw with them is they're both waiting, waiting for something or waiting for someone. And the truth is we're all waiting for something, right? We're all waiting for something. Right now it's probably the the bloke hurry up and finish preaching so we're going to eat Christmas lunch. Sometimes we're waiting for the Boxing Day test to start or uh, loved ones who are travelling down to spend some time with us. We might be waiting for that. You know, maybe it's that you've got a a great gift for someone you love and you're waiting with anticipation to see the smile on their face when they unwrap the present that you give them. You know, around Christmas, kids have a hard time waiting. I don't know about you, but every child at any Christmas gathering that I've been to, they're like, is it present time? Is it present time? Is it present time? And they have trouble waiting because they just want to open their presents. But Christmas is often associated with waiting. I can remember a Christmas many years ago when I was maybe 9 or 10. And, and the big thing of the day, it wasn't Nintendo Wii's, it wasn't um, you know, a new iPad, it was a Super Soaker 50. Now you could spray this thing 50 metres. There's a couple of boys in my, my age group who were just going, yeah, yeah, we wanted one of them. And, and one of my mates who was the rich kid who always got every toy way before birthdays or Christmas had one, And you could shoot this thing literally 50, probably feet. We probably thought it was metres, but it was probably feet. 
And, um, and so I dropped hints everywhere, you know. I'd write a letter to Santa and put it on the fridge. Mum and Dad would go to bed at night and to a crunch when they laid their head to the pillow because I'd cut out the super soaker out of the junk mail catalogues and put it under their pillow slip so they'd just get a hint that I really wanted it. And, and, and I tried harder to be nice to family members so that, you know, just in case, just in case I made sure I was on the good list at Christmas. And then Christmas Eve came and our family's German and so our tradition is that you... Christmas Eve's the big deal. Like you open presents, you go to church in the evening and then you come home and, and Santa's been first to your house because you're German and so um, your presents come while you're at church and then mum would go in just to check to make sure Santa's been and we'd go for a drive and then anyway and so I race in from the car after church and I'm going looking under the tree and, and there's no box that's the size of a Super Soaker 50. And I've got fishing gear and a couple of other things for Christmas that year. But I jumped out of the car and I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting. But I didn't get what I wanted. I got it the next year for my birthday, but it was a long, long, long wait. But let me ask you a question. What are you waiting for in life? Is there something? Or more seasonally, what are you waiting for this Christmas? What are you waiting for now? Is there something that you're really longing for? Something that you're really expecting to receive? In this passage in Luke, we come across these two characters who make their appearance in the final acts of the Christmas story. And, you know, they're two people who are quite a large part when you start to think about the whole Christmas story, but you don't see them on Christmas cards and you don't see them in the nativity scenes. And so one is a man filled with the Holy Spirit named Simeon and the other was a woman who was a prophetess named Anna. Now both of these individuals were waiting for someone. They were waiting for the coming Messiah. And we meet Simeon in Luke 2, verse 25. And what we, what we learn about him, what we know about him, he's a good guy. He's a top bloke. And it says that he was righteous before people. So he wasn't a, you know, a scoundrel. He was, he, was, he was right before people, so he was a pretty good dude. And it says that he had a solid relationship with God. And things weren't going real well at this time for the nation of Israel. They hadn't heard from God for around about 400 plus years until um, the, the stuff happened with um, um, Mary and Joseph hearing from angels. But there's been this massive period of we haven't heard from God for ages. And so everyone would have been quite, you know, where's God? We're waiting to hear from you, God. And it's been 400 years. They're under Roman rule. You know, what's happens? Why are we back under rule? Why aren't we free? What's going on? They'd lost their political independence and they were living in fear of a cruel and kind of crafty uh, King Herod. And many were wondering if the Messiah would ever actually come. We know you've promised this thing, God, but will, will it actually happen? Or have you just withdrawn from your people? We haven't really heard much from you for a long, long time. Verse 26 shows us that Simeon had reason for his hope and anticipation because it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Messiah. And so Simeon's expectation was focused on the comfort that Christ would bring him. I mean, it's been a long time coming, and he would finally see the foretold Messiah. One of the popular titles for Christ, among many different things, was Comforter. And everyone was longing for the Messiah to come and bring them comfort. And the desire to be comforted is a universal human need. We all at some times in our lives feel lonely or empty or insecure and we have this desire to be comforted. 
What I find cool is that the Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to go to the temple courts that day at just the right time. He could have gone yesterday and missed out. He could have gone tomorrow and missed out. He could have gone earlier that day in the morning. But the Holy Spirit, he was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He'd heard the promise through the prompting of the Holy Spirit and he went at just the right time when Mary and Joseph were bringing their infant to the temple. It says that when Simeon looked at baby Jesus, who was now about six weeks old, he knew, it doesn't say that he thought, he, he just knew that God's promise had been kept. Here is Emmanuel, God with us, to make everything right, to bring significance simply through his presence and to eliminate rejection, fear and loneliness. And verse 28 of Luke 2 says that Simeon reached down and took Jesus out of Mary's arm and began to praise God. Now, now if we stop and we think about this for a minute, like if, you, if you're a parent or carer or auntie or uncle or anything like that, and there's an old guy at church or at the temple who you don't know, who you've never met before, and he reaches down and grabs a six-week-old baby, that might freak you out. But then when he starts singing on top of that, it's kind of crazy. And I imagine it might have been a little bit unsettling for Joseph and Mary. But perhaps Simeon didn't look all that dangerous and maybe it was just a, a moment absolutely birthed in the things of God. And as he broke out into praise, he acknowledged that God had not only fulfilled an individual promise to him, but also the promise that the prophets um, had prophesied right throughout history to send the anointed one to comfort both Jews and Gentiles. And so later in this passage, we meet Anna, who's also waiting with anticipation. It's quite a sad story of Anna. So she'd been married for only seven years when her husband died. And then from that day forward, she dedicated herself to fasting and praying in the temple. And in fact, the Bible says that she never left the temple, but she worshipped day and night. And so, so we think we're spiritual if we measure ourselves against Anna. It's quite interesting. She's just always worshipping, praising God in the temple. And she looked forward to the same person as Simeon was, but with a different hope. Instead of looking for comfort, Anna was looking for forgiveness. If you look at verse 38, it says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And that word redemption is related to the idea of captivity. The Old Testament Passover and the release of Israel from Egyptian slavery was in Anna's day the ultimate redemption and the symbol of God's power to release people from captivity. But ultimately Passover pointed ahead to the day where God would provide deliverance from the slavery of sin. And Anna was waiting for this. She was longing for this. She was fasting for this. She was praying for this. And when Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were waiting for redemption. It's amazing. Two people both waiting, one with a distinct word from God and one just believing what the Scriptures had said, both knew that this was Jesus, that this was the Messiah. I love that when she saw Jesus, not only did she give thanks, but something made her want to speak to others all about him. Here at last, the one who would save people from their sins was here. 
When Jesus came, he provided the very things that both Simeon and Anna were waiting for, God's comfort and God's forgiveness. And so the question is, what are we waiting for this Christmas? Whatever it is, Jesus can give it to us. If it's healing, he can. If it's hope, he can. If it's joy, he can. If it's breakthrough, he can. If it's comfort, he can. If it's forgiveness, he can. If it's friendship, he can. Maybe we can identify with Simeon today. Maybe some of us here are hurting right now from from things in, in our life or in our families or just situations. Maybe we feel lonely, empty, afraid or just maxed out. Maybe we need some comfort. Maybe we need a fresh sense of God's presence. If so, we can find exactly what we're looking for in Jesus. He came to meet us right where we're at. Or maybe we identify more with Anna. Maybe we're plagued with guilt this Christmas because of something we've done or the way that we've been living. Maybe we feel trapped in a pattern of sin that we feel like we can't break out of. If we need forgiveness... Jesus can give us that. If we need a fresh start, Jesus can give us that. I can think of no better time than Christmas to do just that, to have a moment with Jesus, to have a moment once again where we look and see the Messiah. And so there's a couple of thoughts from these two characters in this passage that I'll leave us with that might help us experience God's comfort and forgiveness this Christmas. The first one that we see in this passage is verse 33 says that Mary and Joseph marveled at what was said about Jesus. The first thing we can do is once again become a marveller. You know, it's so easy. We sing songs. We, we hear Christmas year after year after year. It's easy for that to become just monotonous to us. But the truth and the reality is we need to marvel over Christ. Always. Never lose the wonder of how significant having Jesus as Saviour is. Become a marveller. Thanks, Gabriel. The second thing is become a mover. Verse 27, it says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So the first of three thoughts to leave us with is become a marveller. You know, let's never lose the wonder of, of how amazing our Messiah is. People waited a long time. We live in a wonderful time in history where the Messiah is here. Number two, be a mover. Verse 27 says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And then if we drop down to verse 38, it says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God. Coming up to them, she, she moved towards Jesus. Both Simeon and Anna were movers. And when the Holy Spirit prompted them to move, they didn't sit still because if they had, they may have missed out. I wonder what would have happened if they had not responded. And actually, if we think about all the Christmas characters, they all responded, they all moved to the leading with the exception of King Herod. Mary was ready to move when she said to the angel, may it be to me as you had said. Joseph demonstrated that he was a mover when He woke up from his dream and did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife. The shepherds were movers as well. As they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. They moved to see the thing that has happened. 
the wise men saw a star and moved out of their comfort zone to a few weeks after the birth, finding Jesus. And the question is, are we movers? Are we willing to move? And the third thing, to be a marveler, be a mover, mover. And the third thing, of course, starting with them, become a messenger. It's interesting because as we become marvelers, as we remember how marvelous our Messiah is, we can't help but become movers. And that leads to that final action step from this passage, become a messenger. In verse 38 again, it says, She, Anna, gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You know, we all have family and friends who may not yet marvel at the Messiah. We may all have people who are caught up so strongly in preparation for Christmas that they forget about marvelling at the Messiah. Maybe their anticipation and their longing for something that speaks community, that speaks gathering, is actually an inner search for comfort and for forgiveness. And there are only things that Messiah, Jesus, can provide. And I believe in all my heart that God wants each of us to become messengers of the Messiah this Christmas. And the Christmas message is that ultimately the Saviour is here. We're no longer waiting. God, Emmanuel, is with us. And so to wrap it up, as you and I become marvellous, the wonder of Christmas will astonish us and that will move us. Our needs for comfort and forgiveness will be met and then as we take a role as messengers, we'll be in a position to introduce others to the Christ of Christmas. So they, in turn, can marvel at the Messiah. What are we waiting for? Let's go. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this wonderful group of people here today. Thank you that we don't have to wait and wait and wait for the Messiah. The Messiah is here now, Emmanuel God with us. Help us never to lose the wonder of the Messiah. Help us to marvel, help us to move, and help us to be messengers. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Podcast. Jesus, my love, my God.